This is the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm Ren Wadsworth. And I'm Maximus Hunter, and we are joined in studio today by a reporter. Dakota Babcock. As well as our cool sports dude. Dixon Lawson. Thanks, Dixon Lawson and Dakota Babcock. We've got a very interesting show coming up today. Um, we, were, are, we are going to be discussing the uh, Turning Point USA event on campus with a few different perspectives. Ren, who do we have to talk to, or who have we talked to today? Right, so we just wanted to cover a couple opinions. Uh, Charlie Kirk's coming for his uh, culture war, and Donald Trump Jr. will be joining him in that event. Uh, it's going to be at 7 at the UCA today. So a couple people that we're going to have today, we're going to be listening to Charlie Kirk himself. Shortly after that, we'll be listening to Matthew Hitt, who is the faculty chair of the Poli Sci Fun Club. Oh, yeah. And then we'll be listening Fun. to him a little bit later. After that, we're going to be listening to Kahori Kaiser, and she is with Rams for Bernie. After that, we'll be listening to a bit of Charlie's interview with us again. After that, we'll be listening to Charlie Hit once again. Or Matthew Hit. Matthew Hit. Sorry about that. Matthew Hit once again. And then after that, we're going to finish off with an interview with Meg Little, who is with the Young uh, Socialist Democrats of America's Democratic chapter America. uh, at CSU. Alrighty, so we're going to hit it off with Charlie's interview, so stay tuned for that. Well, and you've uh, made your name speaking to college campuses and speaking to college-age conservatives and advocating for free speech and conservative values. Um, what was your own college experience like, and uh, did it maybe lead you to doing this? So I never went to college, which is the great irony of the entire thing. I do have an honorary doctorate. Go chuck that up, whatever it's worth. But yeah, I never went to college. I actually graduated from high school when I was 18, and um, I saw a great need in our generation, and college outreach is a big part of what we do. And I've seen through my visits on college campuses uh, an incredible amount of hostility, an incredible amount of venom towards these ideas, and you know, it's been a been quite a, a very telling journey, I guess you could say, and to spread the message that I've articulated of conservative beliefs on high school and college campuses across the country. So what do you think it is about college campuses that maybe uh, perpetuate some of, this, uh, some of this emotion? Well, the professors and the administration not only tolerate it, they encourage it, and they incentivize it amongst the, the students. Radicalism is given a sense of currency, and uh, your your, very, your foolish president, uh, college president, did exactly that. And she's, uh, she's I, I'm going to be very careful with the words I use, but it was very disappointing that a college president would loop me into a statement that would compare our organization and me to white supremacists and the most nasty, horrible things in the world, things that I have gone out of my way to condemn, things that I have gone above and beyond to repudiate and to expel from my own ranks that she looks me into that same thing. So when you have leaders like that, when you have leaders as clueless and as foolish as your president and as radical as your president, there's no uh, there's no mystery why universities are heading the way that they are. And so uh, that's a great example of how a university president operates on misinformation, intentionally distorts the truth, and she gives cover to the radicals who then repeat her false party line. So I was I was actually going to wait to talk about this, but since you are bringing it up now, I am curious why do you think she um, put out that email, putting you in the same context as these images? Uh, and for those who don't, she must, for those she who must don't believe know, it. It was yeah, I mean, you know, black face swastika sure. that happened on campus uh, about a month ago. I mean, she must believe it, and it's a disgusting thing for her to say and to write. 
Uh, in fact, some would say it even might put her in legal jeopardy, and we're entertaining some options on that front to kind of see what our options are because it is pure libel to loop me in and to lump our organization in with no difference or delineation with things that I and our organization have gone out of our way to denounce. We have a black spokesman, a gay black spokesman by the name of Rob Smith. Prior to that, our communications director is Candace Owens. We host a Latino and black leadership summit every single year. We are nowhere near anywhere the ideology that she might think we espouse. But that just shows how far the academy has fallen when you have university presidents that misrepresent reality. In fact, I could be an ally and I could be a partner in the fight against these sort of extremist ideas because that's, I truly believe they are evil. I believe it is evil to hold any sort of belief that one race is better than the other. However, this university president thinks just because I'm a conservative and just because I spoke before, once before at Colorado State University, and there were protesters that I repudiated and I renounced, she now has to indict our entire group at Colorado State University, which is a diverse, terrific group. And for her to be a president of a major university in America and to say something like this, that shows how far colleges have fallen. And it's one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen from a university. Um, anyone who goes to Colorado State should be totally ashamed that you have that fool running your school. And that was Charlie Kirk uh, with Turning Point USA. Right now we're going to listen to Matthew Hitt, the faculty chair from the Poli Sci Fun Club. And then after that we're going to be listening to Kahori Kaiser with Rams for Bernie and their response to Charlie's interview with us. But before we do that, we just wanted to ask all of our listeners a question. If you wanted to share your opinions and your beliefs about Charlie Kirk and Donald Trump Jr. coming on campus, go ahead and text us at 970-491-5278. Once again, that number is going to be 970-491-5278. And uh, we'll probably read them aloud as long as they're civil. Yeah. All right. And here's Matthew Hitt and Kahori Kaiser. Do you think this is a debate of freedom of speech or it's something political? Right. Well, unfortunately, the, these things are connected in 2019 in a way that I'm not sure they always have been in American political discourse, where you have a group like Turning Point USA, which uh, its members would vociferously reject uh, being labeled as white supremacist, uh, bigoted, intolerant, that sort of thing. And yet uh, they seem the group seems to attract that kind of criticism, right? And this could be a function of any number of things, um, the behavior of individuals within the organization, uh, statements that individuals within the organization have made, as well as the kinds of other groups that sometimes show up at Turning Point USA's events, right? Which uh, certainly I've never seen evidence that this is coordinated in any way, but it, uh, it causes that uh, connection to be, to be made in some minds. I do think what's important uh, for some folks to remember here is that we ought to be careful in drawing the distinctions between what kinds of political speech and discourse uh, we're willing to censor, we're willing to try and silence, and which kinds we simply have to say the spirit of living in a democratic society is that we ought to listen to and uh, engage with ideas that we disagree with, and that those ideas, if they're not threatening violence, if they're not menacing or harassing on an individual basis, 
those ideas themselves are not causing physical harm, right? Whereas menacing or harassing speech is of a different category in the legal sense. So do you think um, on a college campuses the conservative viewpoint is stifled? No. No. So and at least, <laughs> so let, let me let me explain that a little bit. I think if there's a stifling of viewpoint of political viewpoints by undergraduates on this campus, I think to a certain extent students do it to themselves, uh, where there's a fear of that difficult conversation happening in class. And I think you see this from both uh, students who might style themselves as more progressive as well as conservative students, where students don't want to raise their hand and express uh, a difficult viewpoint. And I haven't sat in on every other professor's class. I don't know. My goal as a professor is that every student walks into the classroom feeling like they can express sincerely held political and ideological viewpoints in a respectful and civil manner, and we can have that exchange of ideas. And I certainly, one of the things you hear sometimes students say is, well, I know I'm conservative, but if I write a liberal paper, I'm going to get a better grade, right? So of course, it must be these liberal professors. And in my experience, trying to write from a viewpoint that is not your own causes you to engage in more critical thinking. Um, it's a natural psychological tendency to think that our own values, our own ideology, our own positions are probably the correct ones. That's why we hold them, for goodness sake. So we don't examine them or we don't articulate them as fully because we almost implicitly, subconsciously feel we don't need to. Uh, so if you are conservative and you wrote a liberal paper, quote unquote, whatever that means, and you got an A+, plus, is it possible that you simply articulated those ideas better? <laughs> because you've had to think about them more carefully. How would I articulate a liberal viewpoint? And sure. vice versa. My name is Kaori Kaiser, and I'm with Rams for Bernie. Okay. Uh, Joyce McConnell sent out an email to Colorado State University students and staff that labeled Charlie Kirk as a white supremacist. And in a recording we played for you, he rebuttaled by calling her a fool and that anybody who goes to CSU should be ashamed, essentially, of having her as their president. What are your thoughts on that? I think we've seen on this campus a lot of pushback from a lot of different groups of students on the way Joyce has handled the situations of bias and racism on this campus. I Sorry, can you repeat the question? Yeah, for sure. So just your thoughts on um, Charlie Kirk uh, and how he reacted to Joyce McConnell calling him a white supremacist. He called her a fool. He said that uh, you should be ashamed to have her as our president. He's thinking of taking legal action against her. Yeah, I think a lot of students are uncomfortable right now. There's a lot that's been going on. And um, like we've had like the not proud to be marches. I don't think it's only the people who are associated with Turning Point or with Charlie Kirk who are feeling like, this isn't the best way that any of these situations could be handled. I think it's interesting given that Turning Point is very pro-First Amendment free speech and is saying that they want to take legal action against the words that President McConnell has said because I think it just goes to show that the way that laws and policies and our Constitution is enforced, it oftentimes just continues to uphold these like systems of oppression that we see because 
the people who are in power are the only ones who are going to be able to have the resources and ability to take legal action against things like that. You know, we see libel and slander and things like that for every population, but not everyone has the resources, both financially, socially, and legally, uh, to take on those kind of comments and take action against them. I think if you want to say that you're pro-free speech, you should be pro-free speech, and that includes giving people the ability to push back against the things that you're saying. Okay, and then another thing that he mentioned in uh, our interview with him was that he is not a white supremacist, Turning Point USA um, doesn't support those ideologies, and something they used as an example for that is that they have a black member of their uh, organization, they host a Latino event every year, Um, and what are your thoughts on him not calling himself a white supremacist and that Turning Point USA is actually an inclusive environment? Um, like I said before, nothing exists in a vacuum, and if it, it's pretty evident that that group does attract some of the far-right and white supremacist attention. And it's just kind of shocking to me st- that still, in 2019, we're hearing people say things that are as cliched as, like, oh, we're not uninclusive, we have this one black person here, or we have this one event for Latinas, um, but it, it's more about the entire thing. Like, think about the major demographic of people that you're attracting, um, most of the population that you're talking to, and I think you can still take actions and have, and say things that are harmful to people on a larger scale, but include people who belong to those groups. Um, in your organization because everyone's experiences are different everyone's an individual Um, and just because you have a few people who belong to certain groups who agree with you doesn't mean that you're not doing things that are harmful to people who look like them and grew up in different situations in like those kind of situations and have to deal with these things every day. So we just heard from Corey Kaiser uh, with Rams from Bernie, and that was her response to Charlie's interview. Now, um, Charlie did mention um, the statements of our school president, Joyce McConnell, in an email from September 20th. And in that email, President McConnell mentions the uh, acts of hate, such as the uh, swastika and blackface incidents. And uh, if you are not familiar uh, what those incidents are, we actually have an episode about each of them on our show talking with uh, some people who were involved or affected. So if you want to learn more about those, you can see more about those on our website, kcsufm.com under RMR. Um, We did reach out to Joyce McConnell for a a comment about this email in which she equates these uh, incidences to Charlie Kirk's coming to campus, which is something that Charlie was talking about. However, unfortunately, we did not receive a response from Joyce McConnell's office, even though we did send them the interview. Um, however, we did uh, get a chance to talk to Charlie a little more about Joyce's comments, um, and then we got a chance to have uh, Professor Matthew Hitt respond to Charlie's reaction to those comments. And uh, once again, Charlie Kirk is the uh, president of Turning Point USA. Matthew Hitt is the uh, faculty chair of the Political Science Fun Club here on campus, and he's a political science professor. 
Um, if you have any opinions or questions you would like to share about Charlie Kirk coming to campus, you can text them to us at 970-491-5278. That's 970-491-5278. Or you can tweet them to us at, at KCSUFM. But uh, we're going to come back with the interview with Charlie Kirk and his comments on Joyce McConnell's um, uh, email about him. And I believe he's also, does this segment also have the bit about... Yeah, this uh, is the t Professor Watch Professor list. Watch List. So there's, there's uh, Charlie Kirk uh, created a program called Professor Watch List, and we're also going to have uh, Professor Hit respond to that. Well, let's talk about uh, resources that you may be providing for college students to um, help further freedom of speech. And one of those would be a professor watch list. Uh, what is professor watch list and how could it be useful to a college student? Sure. So our professor watch list is an awareness and an educational project that was started a couple years ago when we started to get hundreds and hundreds and eventually thousands of pieces of feedback and complaints from students that professors we're saying things so beyond outrageous, so beyond the pale, that they warranted additional exposure, such as grading students differently because of their beliefs, kicking them out, or singling them out because they might be Christians or conservatives, or saying that Houston deserves to be hit by a hurricane because they voted for Donald Trump, uh, or calling Donald Trump a syphilitic Nazi, something that a professor at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas has said, or displaying the ISIS flag proudly in one classroom like a professor at Kent State University. And so you tally all these things together. These are not isolated incidents. This is a trend. And so we launched the professor watch list as a way to profile uh, publicly the remarks that were already made and reported on by other news sources, such as student newspapers, the Huffington Post, even CNN at times, and then consolidate it to an easy-to-use list and we're not saying that these professors should shut up. It's not Professor Blacklist or Professor Hitlist. Instead, it is Professor Watchlist. These, these professors, if they really believe the radical things that they were saying, they should be happy that they are all documented together now on one website. And we've received such great feedback from people, from even professors, but board members and students, parents and teachers and alumni that are really encouraged that they have more information about some of the radicalism that is going within their own Gotcha. All right, one last big question, and uh, this is coming back to uh, you coming to campus. So last year, um, when you came to campus, things were mostly typical, but there was an incident, uh, a violent incident, where um, some students, or they may not have been students, some unknown persons in uh, bat with bats, shields, and gas masks, who you yourself earlier in this interview said you do not support, um, did attack students who identified as Antifa and um, other other students. How can you? What can you say to Colorado State students to assuade them that this won't happen again this year? Well, I mean, I denounce it and I repudiate it. I hope it doesn't happen again. I have no idea who these people are. I opened my speech last time I came and denounced it and rejected it. I mean, we're a healthy host, and I can't control where viruses show up. And so that's a virus. And everything I can to make sure that doesn't be present. But I'll tell you what, your president is making it a lot more likely that something bad is going to happen because she's misrepresenting me to be something that I'm not. Your president came out and said, Charlie Kirk and Turning Point USA are conservatives that stand for you know equality under the law, and we might disagree on big issues, but we agree that these, these things are 
are, you know, are evil, then there would be a lot less likelihood of something happen. But your president, because she's a total fool, and she's someone who's a radical leftist, who has smeared and maligned me and our organization, and she could possibly face legal uh, legal repercussions because of what she and the university said. Um, unfortunately, now students think someone is coming to campus who isn't really coming to campus. If she actually accurately depicted it, she would realize I'm a partner and an ally in the fight against evil and the fight against white supremacy, which is evil. So I'm disappointed that uh, she didn't do that. I will do everything I can daily and hourly to reject that and hope it doesn't come. I really hope it doesn't come at all. And uh, violence is never the answer. I've never advocated for it. I've never tolerated it. So, Gotcha. All right. Um, we're about to end it up. Just Thank final you very thoughts. Much. Yeah. Uh, anything you'd like okay. to say to the students? People should here? show up. Yeah. Come, come and show up and turn out. And we can't wait to have a good conversation. And I appreciate the opportunity to share our message on this show. So thank you. Thank you, Charlie. All right. We just listened to the president and co-founder of Turning Point USA, Charlie Kirk, and some of his opinions on how professors should be held accountable for their beliefs and uh, also how Joyce McConnell should be held accountable for uh, some of the things she said. Uh, We wanted to mention that all of these interviews will be posted in their edited and unedited full versions on our website tonight, Um, and that's going to be at KCSUFM.com. Dot com, yeah. Um, but also, we want to remind you guys to keep texting in your opinions, uh, any questions you had, any, honestly, anything about the upcoming culture war speech that's taking place at the UCA at 7 with Charlie Kirk and Donald Trump Jr. We actually got a text. Uh, it says, loving this reporting, guys. Very thorough and doing a good job of showing all sides, something that is definitely needed when people are so eager to take sides without listening to other opinions or researching facts. Thank you. Yeah, thank That's you about what we're, that. We're trying to do. We're trying to um, look at this from all perspectives. I mean, we, you know, we we got a chance to actually talk to Charlie Kirk about this stuff. So it really, it's 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 important to be able to discuss everything that we discuss with him if he's coming to campus today. Um, and with that being said, we are going to be coming back to Professor Matthew Hitt with his uh, with two responses from him. First of all, we're going to have him respond to the idea that. Any violence tonight will be caused by Joyce McConnell's statements, uh, which is something Charlie said, which we thought was something something we should discuss. And then after that, we're going to talk with him a little bit about the Professor Watchlist app um, and what that does and what that means for professors like Professor Hit. After that, we're going to come back and we're going to have uh, some comments from Meg Little with the Young Democratic Socialists of America. And... Um, if you have any questions or thoughts or comments you want us to hear or you want to be said on the show, you can just text them in to 970-491-5278. That's 970-491-KCSU. We want to have everyone included in this conversation, so uh, let your voice be heard and send us a text, but don't text and drive. Anyway, without any further ado, this is Professor Matthew Hitt of the Political Science Fund Club. So this... Violence at the Turning Point USA, that will not be President McConnell's fault, in my view. Uh, I think that's a, that's a statement that certainly comes across as uh, provocative, right? And certainly part of Turning Point USA's brand behavior is uh, provocative. They're provocateurs, and I think that's not in and of itself a bad thing, right? But to say that if you criticize me 
uh, because people have, there's been violence in my events in the past and there's more violence, it's your fault for pointing it out is, uh, I'm not, I'm not sure I can follow the logic. So th I have a question about a, a resource that Charlie Kirk developed for college students and as a professor, I think mm -hmm. you'd be interested in this. Sure. Uh, it's called, have you heard of Professor Watchlist? Yes, I have. What do you uh, think of Professor Watchlist? I think, so when I, when I said some people could consider Turning Point USA provocateurs, I think T Professor Watchlist is an example of this, right? There is a gotcha culture in American uh, political conversation today, and Professor Watchlist feeds into that. If we can, uh, you know, record a clip of someone saying anything that comes across as partisan, um, well, that, that surely means this person is trying to poison the minds of the conservative youth or the liberal youth or God knows what. Um, I'm trying to poison the minds of my students to just read the syllabus and do the required reading. So if, you know, anyone who would ascribe to me the ability to change someone's deeply held ideology and values uh, vastly overestimates my abilities as an instructor. Um, I think what Professor Watchlist does is... Has, I think it has the potential to encourage someone like me, who's a, I'm newer to this profession, um, I have not yet been granted tenure by this university, and things like Professor Watchlist simply discourage me from having difficult or controversial conversations in the classroom at all. Because I'm not certain if I have a student who would like to make an example out of me, or make an example out of my class, simply for discussing things that are going on in uh, the political scene. And so I think the, the professor watch list and things like this that attempt to name and shame professors for being biased has a chilling effect on education for everybody. And there are a lot of professors out there who work in a vulnerable capacity as non-tenure tract and adjunct faculty members. And their livelihoods can be threatened if they become politically controversial or speak seen as politically controversial. And so I'm not sure that Professor Watchlist is doing any good for bettering the quality of political and civic education on university campuses today. Sure. That was Professor Matthew Hitt of the Political Science Department. He is the faculty chair of the Political Science Fund Club. And we just want to say thank you to Professor Hitt for uh, taking the time to talk with me about this interview and for sharing his opinions. Um, we will be posting the full unedited versions of each of these interviews. That's with Professor Hitt, that's with Charlie Kirk, that's with Corey Kaiser, and with Meg Little, who will be coming up in a bit. All of those will be going on our website in both their edited and unedited formats, in case you are interested. Um, we, once again, um, really value our listeners' perspectives on this, and we know that this is a campus discussion. Um, so we would really love... Any opinions, questions, comments, texted to 970-491-5278. That's 970-491-5278. Or you could tweet them at KCSUFM. Um, we know that uh, there are a lot of opinions, and this is uh, emotionally close to many people. So uh, please let us know how you're feeling. Um, yeah. Anything you want to add, Red? Yeah. Um, no, I think I'll just go right into our next guest. Well, first I'll say, actually, so... Uh, yeah, make sure you guys are texting in. Uh, we love to hear from you, and we love to hear the variety of opinions that you guys have. Um, so Meg Little is from the Young Democratic—oh, actually, we just got a text, so I'll go ahead and say that right now. 
So what that says is what the last three years has shown us is that the majority of conservatives are racist to some degree and some don't even know it. Conservative mindsets have a tendency to insurance, greed, and bigotry. Racism goes deep, so deep that some are too afraid to admit it. Trump helped solidify this realization. This is, comes from a text. Uh, the person did not identify themselves by name, but if they are listening and want to text in their name, uh, we'd be happy to. Um, but yeah, that so that that is definitely a uh, a point of view here. Um, I mean, we've we've talked about race and the conversations about racism before on the show. Um, for those who didn't hear that, we had. A, after the blackface incident in September, we had uh, about a week-long coverage with experts about that and talking about the discussion of race and uh, racism on campus. And um, you know, a lot of a lot of what came from that that discussion is it's it's a learning process for a lot of people, and especially people who aren't used to talking about race. And so, um, this this listener who texted in believes that uh, the conservative viewpoint is one of uh, I, I don't want to take the words out of context, Ryan. Could you pull that back up for me real quick? Um, they said, so let's see, the quote was, uh, conservative mindsets have a, or the majority of conservatives are racist to some degree, is what this text says. And I, I would say what we've heard from our experts we've had in here about race in the past um, oh, and this is from Dave and Loveland. Thank you very much, Dave. We really appreciate you texting in. We really, really appreciate you identifying yourself. Um, thank you so much, Dave. And Dave, what I would say to you is uh, a lot of a lot of people don't talk very often about race, and that conversation may not be had enough. And um, if if we do, if if we individually see racism as a problem. In our society, and if we whether or not we see it as a political problem or not, the more we talk about it, the uh, more we all understand each other. So I think it's—I really appreciate you bringing that to our attention, Dave. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, also Dave uh, texted in that he made a spelling error, and usually I wouldn't point that out. However, it does change the narrative of his text a little bit, so— uh, Initially, I said conservative mindsets have a tendency to insurance, and what uh, Dave initially meant to say was conservative mindsets have a tendency to ignorance, greed, and big bigotry. Uh, so thank you for texting in, Dave. And anyone else, they want to text in, give their opinion, you can text in at 970-491-5278. We will, you know, as long as, as long as you're keeping it civil, we prefer if you include your name so we can say uh, who's saying this, but, you know, we will read opinions this is a conversation and we are here to keep that conversation flowing so with that in mind uh ren you want to introduce our next um recorded segment yeah definitely so this is a little bit of a different segment um i reached out to the young democratic socialists of america and specifically the young democratic socialists of america's chapter at csu if they would like to come in um for our panel that we had initially planned and kind of be an opposing view to um charlie kirk and we would also have a moderate as well however um their response was uh, initially about their statement against debating certain people. So rather than Meg uh, coming in and reacting to Charlie Kirk's uh, interview as many of the other guests that we featured, uh, instead she's going to be talking about why she didn't want to come on the show and why the Young Democratic Socialists of America have such a strong stance against debating. Take it away. 
a Meg Little. I'm from the YDSA, that's Young Democratic Socialists of America. We're a leftist group on campus. And so we invited you to come speak on the show, but I think I discussed with uh, Rob and you that uh, that wasn't going to be a possibility. Uh, could you go into depth about why that wasn't going to be a possibility? Yeah, of course. So it's the view of the YDSA as well as the view of the over 700 people that signed the petition that we created that the speakers, Charlie Kirk, Donald Trump, the organization putting this event on TPUSA are perpetuating harmful rhetoric and that their presence on campus poses a threat to everybody else on campus. So what we want to do is we want to show opposition to this, and we don't want to legitimize their presence on campus. We don't want them on campus. So it doesn't make sense for us to engage with them once they are on the campus. We don't want to legitimize their hate speech by going on a show and pretending to debate with them about these things that really aren't debatable. The rights of people and workers and those in marginalized communities are not up for discussion or debate. These are the lives and the identities of the people on this campus and in this community. Um, so to even pose the idea that we should be able to have uh, an open-ended discussion about, you know, how these things affect our community, and I, it doesn't matter. <laughs> their opinions and their views are, by definition, violent, and they propose that we should we should delegitimize and dehumanize the people that are on our campus and in our community. And we don't want to give any credence to that argument. So we don't want to engage with Charlie Kirk. We don't want to engage with TPUSA. We have a strict like no contact policy because of this very thing. All righty. And that was Meg Little with the Young Democratic Socialists of America. Um, once again, we wanted to remind you that all of our edited and unedited uh, feature pieces with all of our interviewees will be on our website at KCSU FM tonight. That includes Charlie Kirk's interview, Kaori Kaiser's interview, Matthew Hitt's interview, and Meg Little's interview, which you just listened to. Um, we are still taking in uh, opinions and thoughts from any listeners who would like to voice their opinions. Text them in to 970-491-5278. Please text them in to 970-491-5278. If you include your name, we'd really appreciate it. We are not taking calls. We did get a phone call into the studio earlier, but we are not taking calls at this time, just text messages. Yeah, and we actually just got a text message. Let me pull it up. Uh, and it's from the person who uh, texted us earlier. If you'd like to text us to your name, that would be really helpful to us as well. And it says, while there's no denying that the conservative party has had issues with race and still does and needs to work on it, Dave, denoting majority of conservatives as ignorant bigots, is a bit ignorant in and of itself, in my opinion. Lumping an entire group of people like this only adds to division. Thank you so much for texting in. Um, I think that's a that's a, a very interesting point that actually ties into uh, how I was about I was wanting to wrap this up, and so that is uh, that is the end of our pre-recorded uh, interviews about Charlie Kirk and what's happening on campus today. And of course, we are happy to still take uh, texts and discuss that. But I, I would just like to say um, that we, we've spent a long time kind of deliberating and working on how we were going to approach this ever since we first learned that we were going to be able to talk to Charlie Kirk and then trying to build up around that. And uh, I think it's worth noting that um, both, uh, both Meg Little touched upon it and our last texter touched in upon it. And that's the idea of uh, a rhetorical perspective. And as uh, a radio station, we provide a rhetorical perspective that, that you as a listener are hearing. And we understand that you um, that you only hear what we choose to put out there and what who we think should be given a voice, and that 
while we do our best to make those unbiased and informed decisions as much as we possibly can, it nobody's perfect, and everyone's going to have a different opinion on how we do this. So if you have feedback for us, uh, Ren and I, as a Rocky Mountain Review hosts, tackling tough issues like Charlie Kirk coming to campus, and whether or not we do it in a biased or unbiased way, and if you feel there were voices that we missed talking to, or perspectives that we skated over, or ones that we gave too much focus to, we would really appreciate uh, any feedback on that. You can definitely text that in at 970-491-5278. We may or may not read those out loud. Uh, we may just take those as notes, but uh, that's really important to us that uh, our listeners feel that we are doing a good job of covering controversial topics like these and not coming at any one viewpoint too much. And uh, we just got a... We got two no, more texts. There are two more texts, and one of those... Oh, my gosh. We got a lot more texts. So All one right. of these... Uh, so this one says is from Becky Delane. Thank you, Becky. She said, as a black woman, the left is obsessed with finding racism between every line and under every rock. It's good to call out racism, but the hyperbole can actually make things worse. Convincing people to find racism in everything, even perceiving it where it isn't, victimizing that person and makes uh, makes racial tensions worse. I was a lifelong liberal, and I've searched hours of Kirk content and have never seen racism or calls to violence. The hysteria is making things worse, and if you want Trump to win again, go ahead and go around calling decent regular people racist deplorables and watch how fast they elect the guy who's going to fight back against you. Thank you so much, Becky. I think that is a great perspective, and uh, we really appreciate that you identified yourself as a black woman. I think um, that's... Uh, we appreciate the context, and um, that's an excellent point. Thank you for sharing that. Um, we are now go to Dave, back to Dave from Loveland, who um, would like to specify that he said he did not state that all conservatives are a racist to some degree. He said conservatives have a tendency to be racist to some degree. Um, that is Dave from Loveland clarifying that statement. We have uh, one more. Yeah, we have one more that says, uh, what about the petition that was going on around campus? The people who wanted the event to be canceled. As a journalist, I think it's bonkers that they were trying to allow campus to disregard the just the justification of free speech. That was crazy to me. And both sides can be extreme. It's strange to see it on CSU's campus, especially in a town like Fort Collins. And that's from Emily FM. Thank you so and, much, for Emily, for texting in. Yeah, actually, I think um, our reporter, Coda Babcock, Later on is going to talk more about the protests that are going on on campus. Um, so stay tuned for that if you're more interested in some of the uh, protests that are going on on campus. I know um, one of the ones that CODA is not uh, touching on just because there's not a lot of information on who started it is there's going to be a sit-in during uh, Charlie Kirk's uh, speech where students are encouraged to wear all black and not react to anything that Charlie Kirk says. And as for the petition, the petition was started by the Young Democratic Socialists of uh, America, uh, CSU's chapter. And I think um, Meg touched on that they got over 700 uh, s signatures on that. Yes. Um, and it's I, I really like that you specified, Emily, that you are a journalist. Um and I think I think that's that's important to keep in mind that uh, we we are also coming at this from the perspective of journalists, and we are interested in hearing every perspective. We are interested in uh, you know perpetuating free speech and perpetuating free speech on the airwaves. And so I think that's a, a great perspective to keep in mind. Uh, we got another text in from Chris, who says he is 56 years old and white, and uh, he says great text from Becky. I couldn't agree more. 
Uh, thank you, Chris. And uh, just for anyone who missed it, Becky's text was basically saying that, um, and I'm I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but basically saying that if we go around uh, calling calling everyone racist deplorables, then uh, watch how fast they turn against you. And Becky does not believe that Charlie Kirk has been racist or said racist things. Um, and thank you so much to everyone who yeah, participated in this discussion. Yeah, I think this, this is discussion. the most response we've ever gotten on a show, which oh, is this, great. It's a fantastic discussion. And, yeah. you know, the, if you guys keep texting in, we'll keep it going, too. Uh, I think we're actually going to take a quick break before we hop in with the rest of our show. Yeah, so the beginning of our show is a little bit um, unorthodox. So we're going to jump into the last part of our show as our regularly scheduled program, just a little bit shortened. So after our longer break, we're going to hear from Dixon Lawson uh, with his sports newscast. And then after that we're going to hear from Coda Babcock, our reporter for local and a little bit of campus news. After that, we're going to do a short, short weather segment and a short, short uh, national segment. We'll be right back. This is the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm your host, Ren Wadsworth. And I'm Maximus Hunter. We are joined in studio today by our reporter and our cool sports dude, who that's his official title. Thank you so much. Awesome. So we just finished our coverage of Charlie Kirk and Turning Point USA coming to campus. Lots of different opinions. Uh, lots of different people we talked to. Some great texts. If you still want to text in about that, we're happy to read it. Text in to 970-491-5278. That's 970-491-5278. It's been a really good conversation so far, but we are going to switch gears. If you missed that, you can check it out on our website, kcsufm.com. That's kcsufm.com. And we'll be airing the edited and unedited version of all the interviews that we had previously. But yeah. now... But right now, we're going to kick it off with Dixon Lawson and sports. It is sports time. It is sports, sports time. Yeah. All right. After a long bye week for CSU football, they will be back in action on Saturday against Fresno State at 530 from the sunny state of California. Volleyball had an impressive two win, uh, two wins on the road against both Boise State and Utah State last week. Thursday's contest against Boise State was a hard-fought win for the Lady Rams as they sneak a 3-2 win out um, after Boise State rallied down 1-2 to, to push OT. Uh, they came up short with an impressive, or excuse me, CSU came up on top with an impressive 15-8 final set win. Brianna Runnels and Christy Hillier both recorded 17 kills in the contest, with Katie Olixak tallying her fifth double-double of the season with 59 assists and 13 digs. On Saturday, the Rams headed to Utah State with an impressive offense and defensive outing win uh, in three sets. Polina Hogard Jensen recorded her first double-double this season with 10 kills and a team-high 11 blocks, including first in the sixth set. <laughs> Whoops, including six in the first set. My bad. Alexa Romeliotis reached double-figure digs with 11, uh, and CSU recorded 15 blocks in the sweep, which ties uh, for fourth in fourth most in the modern scoring uh, records for CSU. Uh, this week's Ram Volleyball is back uh, in action in Moby Arena on Thursday against San Jose State. Um, at 7 p.m. as well as on Saturday, the homestand will continue against Nevada with that game starting at 1 p.m. Uh, for full coverage of both games, be sure to tune in live on game day to KCSU FM here on 90.5. Uh, the entire sports department will be bringing you volleyball all this week. Don't worry if it's in Moby, we got you covered. Um, and then one last little bit of state news. Um, the, the Denver Broncos have traded uh, wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders to the San Francisco 49ers. Um, the Broncos are wait what? Yeah, the Broncos are receiving a third and a fourth round pick, um, as wait. well as giving up a fifth round to wait. the Fortnite. This happened just today. Like, this happened. Wait, yeah. this is yeah. I, this is the first I've heard of this. That, yeah, that's why I decided I need to cry, dude. I know. Listen, uh, for all for all Broncos fans out there, um, John Elway uh, said in in his statement that 
Um, he's done nothing but uh, provide for the Broncos in since he's been drafted. They wish him nothing but the best. Both sides kind of wanted this, according to John Elway. Really? Um, Emmanuel Sanders, I believe it's just because we haven't been winning. I didn't want this. Coaching. I, I get it. You know, for most fans, it's probably going to be tougher to hear. But for Emmanuel Sanders, he's got a really good opportunity going to the 49ers. He deserves some success. He's a great receiver. He's fantastic. Um, I think he's going to fit in very well with I the I thought 49ers. he was going to be ours forever. But here's the nice thing. We are getting two uh, third and fourth round picks, so that means that we have a lot more prospect chance. Uh, looking at Philip Lindsay, a lot more. Some of those guys, the undrafted rookies, we give some of them a chance. The Denver Broncos could be able to have a really good turnaround. So I think it's all, all, all good. Can, look, Dixon, I what's up? I, 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 and I almost never chime in on the sports news here, but our uh, look, Philip Lindsay's great, and our running game's great, mm-hmm. yeah. but. I'm not saying it's not going to hurt us. But that's you, not where we needed to put our focus. Right. And, but and you realize where we're at in the season. This is a. I know. Yeah. Like at this, this point, is, we're preparing I'm, for next year. I'm, I'm not. I don't want to say it because it, it's rough. But this is the easiest thing you could say to. It's coming to a rebuild. The Broncos have yeah. not had success as of late, and they need a rebuild. This is what needs to happen. Unfortunately, that does mean key pieces need to leave. Um, but I do think that the Broncos are going to be able to come out better on this because John Elway, he he's amazing in the draft. He's always able to find these talented. I, I trust players. John Elway. So, I, I will always trust John Elway. It just it, it hurts to see Emmanuel Sanders go, man. Hey, he's still on my fantasy team, so I still get to see him play every week. Oh, well, lucky you. <laughs> hey, but that's all from the from the sports guy Dixon over here. So thank you oh, guys. Thanks, Dixon. Yeah, yeah. thank you, Dixon. We're gonna roll right into some local campus news hybrid with Coda Babcock. All right, so again, I'm Coda Babcock, and this is your local and campus news for Tuesday, October 22nd, 2019. 20 or more cars were vandalized Saturday night and into Sunday morning from Cypress to Ponderosa Drives between West Lake and Elizabeth Streets in Fort Collins. One of the cars was broken into. The suspects were two women who were caught on camera by members of a neighborhood watch group spray painting and damaging cars just west of campus. No information has been released on the identity of the suspects. Um, But according to Fort Collins Police Service's website, there are a few ways to reduce the chance of someone targeting you. Um, By parking in well-lit and secure areas, locking your car doors, using safety features, um, and by not leaving valuables in your car, you can make your car less appealing to criminals. Uh, The city of Loveland is also having seasonal restroom closures in preparation for winter. Uh, The first round of restroom closures will include Crow Park, Seven Lake, River's Edge Natural Area, Dwayne Webster, as well as Fairgrounds Park. The closures for these spaces will begin on October 28th. Um, Mahaffey Park, um, Barnes, Loveland Sports, Park Shelters, 1 and 3, and North Lake Tennis Courts will all be facing closures between November 4th and 8th. Restrooms at Benson Sculpture Garden and Loveland Sports Park Shelter 2 will be open during the winter months. Portable restrooms, including some ADA-accessible ones, will be available at various parks. For more information, visit thecityofloveland.org and navigate to the News Releases section. Allegiant Air is canceling service to Northern Colorado Regional Airport for the time being due to delays in planning. Allegiant offered refunds to passengers expected to be flying out of NRCA this er, out of NRCA on Monday and reimbursed reservation holders on flights with Las Vegas and Phoenix services on the 21st and 22nd of November. Airport Director Jason Lyson reported that based on conversations, he has hopes that Allegiant will be able to provide air traffic control coverage through the new project around late January. Allegiant has not made public announcements regarding its service plans, but has contacted ticket holders in various ways. 
Due to growing popularity, Fort Collins annual holiday lights ceremony normally taking place on Oak Street Plaza will be moving to Old Town Square. More than 100,000 LED bulbs will illuminate 22 downtown blocks at 6.30 p.m. on November 1st, with the, with the event starting at 5.30 p.m. and ending at 7. Mayor Troxel will be leading the event, which is done as a partnership between Fort Collins Downtown Business Association, Fort Collins Downtown Development Authority, and the Parks Department of the City of Fort Collins. And finally, Turning Point USA's CSU chapter was ho is hosting an event with Charlie Kirk and Donald Trump Jr. tonight at 7 p.m. in the University Center of the Arts. Tickets are required for entry. The Young Democratic Socialists of America will also be doing an open mic poetry event at 4 p.m. just north of the LSE Lagoon. From there, they'll march up to the Charlie Kirk event at 5.45 p.m. Parking will be extremely limited near the USA, so walking, busing, carpooling, or using a rideshare for these events may be more efficient than driving. There will also be a police presence on campus in case of any clashes. As always, Safe Walk through CSU PD is available for any students that feel uncomfortable with either event tonight. To order an officer to escort you through Safe Walk, call 970-491-1155. Again, that's 970-491-1155. Thank you for listening to today's local and campus news. I'm Coda Babcock, and you're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review on KCSU Fort Collins. Thank you so much, oh, Coda. Thank you, Coda. I'm psyched for the Festival of Lights. I'm excited that it's finally that time of year, right? Yes. Speaking of times of year, I think it's time for our national days with our very own Ren Wadsworth. Well, we're actually going to take a quick, quick break, and then oh. right after that, we're going to do nationals and weather. Sorry to throw a wrench in your plan, but we got to hear okay. from our great okay. I'll just have to say your name like that again. Well, we'll be right back with more National Days with Ren Wadsworth right after, after this, this. message. <laughs> this is the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm your host, Ren Wadsworth. And I'm Maximus Hunter. We just got our sports news from local cool sports dude, Dixon Lawson. Hey and our campus slash local news from local cool reporter dude. Coda Babcock. Thank you very much. Um, we are about to have local cool co-host dude, Ren Wadsworth, <laughs> do some, uh, do our national some days. local cool nationals, except not local. National dudes. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Coda actually helped write these, so a little snap, snap, snap for Coda. Ooh. Thanks. Weak snaps. Okay. <laughs> so today is National Make a Dog's Day, and National Make a Dog's Day is intended to give your dog an extra special day this year. <laughs> you can celebrate this day by giving your dog extra treats or taking your furry friend for an extra walk or by making sure their health is at its best. If you don't have a dog, you can visit a dog shelter or sanctuary and give a dog without people a little extra attention. I love that. I'm going to go give my dog an extra treat when I get home. Yeah. Aww. I'll give my guinea pigs an extra treat. <laughs> um, today is, Ash is also National Nut Day. National Nut Day celebrates a healthy and delicious snack and all of its benefits. One way you can celebrate it is by making homemade nut granola bars or just enjoying some trail mix. I was going to ask what everybody's favorite nut is, but I can't think of mine, so I'm going <laughs> to... Peanut. Pecans. Pecan pie. It's the best. Cashew. I don't think I know. Cashews are pretty good. Cashews are good. Yeah. yeah. Why don't I think All pecans are nuts? I feel like pecans. One they of these are. isn't actually nuts. I think they're also a pecan. I think they're tree nuts, kind of like um, almonds pecan. and coconuts. You mean pecan? Coconut is technically a nut if we're classifying Ooh. almonds as a nut. Coda, I Coconut appreciate you trying to, to cut down this heated argument by the way it's pronounced pecan or pecan. It's but pecan. It's, it's, pecan. Depends. It's, it's a dialectical thing. Anyway, 
<laughs> Today is also National Color Day. And this day reminds us of how much color impacts us. Color is so powerful that it can impact our moods and reactions to events. To honor this day, explore the use of color in your life, from wardrobe to foods to office supplies. Not to keep asking people what their favorite things are, but I, I cannot pass up this day without asking people what their favorite colors are. So, Max? Uh, blue. Coda. Ooh. Dixon? Uh, color. orange <laughs> i like Red. yellow we like went up except for dixon we Ew. almost went up the rainbow that was, yeah, it was well. exciting those ones pretty cool but... fall in line dixon i like Jeez. the ruins stuff leave me alone <laughs> all right so unfortunately that's almost the end of our show but before we end oh. we have to do something <gasps> is it time for weather it weather time for weather drum roll so we're actually this is the last time we're gonna do a drum roll after this we're gonna have a real theme for the weather that's pretty cool. But uh, I was too concerned with the Charlie Kirk stuff to get it ready for today's show. But it's time for the weather! Yeah! <laughs> Woo! Uh, so today there was a high of 64 degrees, and tomorrow that temperature is going to drop about 10 degrees to 54 degrees, which is like 10 degrees colder than 64 degrees. <laughs> um, Thursday, the temperatures keep dropping. Um... 8 degrees, sorry, I had to do some math there, to 64 degrees, which is roughly 8 degrees colder than 54 degrees, and 18 degrees colder than 64 degrees. So, uh, for those of you counting at home, today it's 64, tomorrow it's 54, and then Thursday, it's 46. Um, the sun will be out both Wednesday and Thursday, so it'll feel a little warmer than it actually is. We're not actually in winter yet, we're just like we're dipping our toe in that, that chill winter water, and we're recoiling back because it's, it's still too cold, but we're about, to, we're about to dive fully into winter, so uh, dust off your jackets and parkas and whatnot. Tell but us about Friday. If you want to know what Friday's weather is going to be like, you can't until you listen to Thursday's show. Why? So um, if you are interested in learning what Friday's weather is, and you do not have access to like, I don't know, an iPhone... <laughs> <laughs> listen to Thursday's show. Listen to it anyway. If you, you know, we, we, I think if you like our content, we, we really appreciate um, all of our, all of our listeners. And actually, that leads smoothly into our last segment of the day, which is thank yous. Yeah. And uh, as always, we have to thank Damien Castile for writing and creating the music uh, we make play right now. Uh, thank you, Damien. Yeah, uh, thank da you, Damien. Damien makes all the music for this show, except for one song, which I made today. Ooh. So thank you, me, for being <laughs> the bare minimum of musically talented. We have to thank uh, Dixon Lawson and Coda Babcock, who are still in the studio with us. Hey thank you guys for coming in and doing your regular sports and news segment. We could not do it without you. And we rely on you. So yeah, thank we you guys rely on you. for having me here. Yeah, Absolutely. thank you. So we gotta, we gotta thank uh, the other people who work here at KCSU. That's Julia Badalese, Hannah Copeland, Isaiah Riz, uh, Asher Korn, Hunter Sinclair, Raven Color, um, and everyone else, really. If I missed your name, just know I appreciate you very, very much. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and thank everybody who uh, offered to give us a pre-recorded interview today. So that includes Charlie Kirk, Kahori Kaiser, uh, Matthew, Matthew Pitt, and Megan Little. Th yeah, thank you so much for talking to us. Um, we know it's a uh, complicated topic and uh, we really appreciate uh, you letting us uh, have you representing your views and the same goes to anyone who texted in we really uh, we got to thank our listeners we couldn't do without them and y'all were so awesome with all your texts in today um, that was that was totally something else um, I'd like to thank Ren Wadsworth me um, you're you're brilliant and you have a very good read of how this all works and so the, I mean today's show would have been impossible without you well I want to thank you for getting awesome interviews and having amazing content always. Well, thanks. I couldn't do it without you either. And once again, we have to thank you, dear listener.
Yeah, y'all make this happen more than we make this happen. I mean, we could just play music for this hour, but instead we get to tell you about what's going on around town. So with that, we'll see you next time.